let me talk to you about the subject that says that you are born with the ability to transform your life. You are born with the ability to transform your life. It is something that is infused in you. The day that you gave your life to Christ, He has given you that ability and He has empowered you for greater works. He has empowered you to do great and extraordinary things. A life of a Christian is not just an average life. It is not just an ordinary life. It is not just, you know, um, a normal life. There ought to be something in you that when you do, or when you take advantage of, it brings about a transformation, a lasting change, such extraordinary results under ordinary environment. As, as I said to you in the previous month, that the miraculous, the manifestations of the things of the Spirit of God always happen in an ordinary environment. In other words, you need not to have anything over and above what you already have in order for you to can work such miracles in your personal life. Perhaps what you need is a new revelation, an understanding of what you can do in your, in your, you know, with what you have, what you can do with what you have. Now, a man can buy a very expensive car, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, and he's driving around like he's driving, you know, one of those small cars, you know, maybe an Uno or a, 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 one of those smallest you can think of. For as long as he doesn't understand or he doesn't know what is inside that, that vehicle, inside that um, a, a particular car or what it is capable of. He may end up just struggling around with everybody else, like everybody else. The same with somebody who has a will, who is supposed to be an heir of an inheritance. And they are given that will and decide to 
sit on it and carry on with their lives as though um, there is no will or there is no such uh, document in place that entitles them to such benefits. And uh, the Bible says that an heir, as long as he is a child, he may remain like a slave until such an appointed time that he is now come of age and is able to take advantage of that, um, that uh, inheritance that they, they have and use it to their advantage. You know, an eagle, if it so chooses to live among the chickens, it may never find itself soaring as any other eagles. It may find itself just, you know, striving for what is on the ground and, you know, um, uh, continues just acting and behaving as though it is a chicken. Meantime, it is supposed to be gliding up in the sky. It is supposed to be just, um, you know, um, uh, uh, taking advantage of what is already built in it that makes it to be an eagle. For it to soar, effortlessly so. Effortlessly so. And that is just what we need to understand sometimes. Just to say that until and unless one comes to that realization and that understanding of the power that resides within, life may always just remain a struggle. Things may just be as difficult until you come to that understanding of that potential, the power that you already have that resides on the inside of you and what you can do with it, what it is there for, Learn to take advantage of it in a manner that it will help you to improve. It will help you to make the right decisions. It will help you to correct yourself in certain areas. It will help you to change your thinking in a particular direction. It will channel your thoughts in a, in a particular way and um, helps you to think as a, as a godly man that you are. So you can always see what not every other person may be seeing in the environment where you are. We may all be looking at the same, I mean, think about, and I make this example, I think it's a perfect example of transformation, how a butterfly, how a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. You know, you can, you can go and, and Google it yourself and look on that transformation taking place. This is just one 
small um you know um uh crawling you know um insect that is um born small as it is when it comes when it comes out of its egg the first thing it eats its own shell of that egg that was in to give itself energy for what is ahead or what you know the the, the, the long journey ahead it's preparing itself then it starts just eating leaves as much as much of these leaves as it possibly can and before you know it is it is it has increased a hundred times its size and then it starts wiggling inside that its own shell to shed its own skin and then in that in that in that process it is transforming itself but i mean the the good thing to understand is that there is no um external effort or force that is required for it to transform itself it cocoons itself and and um, you know after a while it spreads out comes out of that cocoon and before you know this crawling thing has now transformed into a beautiful butterfly it starts flying maybe the life that you are now is at that stage where you're crawling when you're supposed to be flying but had it not gone through that process maybe it will remain crawling for the rest of its life so you need to take it upon yourself that you have what it takes to transform your life to what it ought to be from the inside out this is this is that it sounds a simple process but i always want to believe that maybe there are a few of those that might so choose or decide to live among you know any other creature that is crawling on the ground and uh, not go through that process for that it's a complete transformation it 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 changes you know its form it 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 it, it is there's just there's no there's no comparison you 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 can't when you look at it and what it was and say maybe there was just a a slight change here maybe the legs just grew bigger and now it's it's now seemingly a, a running instead of flying a, a complete transformation and that is what um we need to um, understand knowing what you have on the inside as a child of God will help you to transform your life. You have the word of God. The Bible that you are reading or studying every day, it contains an infallible word of God, undiluted. Those are God's words coming to you raw, live. It is one of the most important books that is ever written because it is not written by man. 
Every scripture, the Bible says that it is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit is the chief author of the Bible. So understand that there is no one book that is ever written that has such supernatural power that could literally transform your life from the inside out. It will cause you to grow spiritually and in the process transform your life for good. That is why you need to take it upon yourself to study more of God's word at any given time. Any opportunity, every opportunity you get, use it in a manner that it will help you to use the word of God that you have, that you're hearing every day, in a manner that it will transform your life. It has that transformative ability the word of God that you are reading, it has, it has such ability. In other words, literally, you already have such power residing within you. You already have the power to transform your life. And that power is in his weight. How you use it is what will make a difference. That is what will bring about an improvement. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. He says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You need to underline that. Take careful note. It says it is useful for teaching. In other words, when you're taught, you need to learn. And when you learn, you apply what you've learned. Use it to your benefit and for the benefit of those around you. For rebuking, allow yourself to be corrected. Change certain habits. Change your mindset, your thinking. Allow yourself to be corrected by the word of God. Because I so much believe that the Holy Spirit ministers to us or speaks to you all the time. More so when you're studying the Word of God. In an instant, He will give you a revelation or reveal an area in your life that you need now to use that opportunity to start to change your perception, your, your, your attitude towards life. Your, you know, maybe you had pride and, and then and then, you know, your, 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 your um, um, uh, reading a scripture and, and you, know, you come across a verse 
that says he enables you know the the prime he resists the prime and he gives more grace to the humble he lifts those that are humble i would think the right thing to do there and then is to start dealing with pride because pride is very dangerous it is something that has a potential to destroy your life no matter how good you are if you get to an environment maybe you just finished uh, uh, studying as a young person and uh, you know um, you're getting into a, a, a work a, you know environment and you're finding that there's people who have been there uh, maybe 20 years 30 years or even more and they want to give themselves time to you know um, to help you or to teach you to understand certain things and because you now full of 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 of, of pride you don't want to listen to anybody you think or you're pretending you know it all now everybody suddenly will stand back and before you know you're messing up you're getting your life in such a mess and there's no one person who's willing or ready to help you and you one thing as simple that you could have done is given yourself time you know to listen to such counsel to such advice and those who have uh, learned over time because their interest is in helping you to do better and become a better person in life. So it helps you to change certain things in your personal life. It says for correcting and training in righteousness. Training, 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 train, be trained, train your mind, train your, your speech, train, you know, um, the, 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 the thoughts, uh, patterns and and how you carry yourself, how you conduct yourself in a manner that will help you lead such a righteous life. There are things that when you come to when you come to understand, it will not be easy for you to find yourself being compromised in. And um, those are the very things that will help you transform your life. It's a so that there is a reason for it. In verse number 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work that is the reason why you need to allow yourself to be taught to be rebuked to be corrected and to be trained in righteousness by the word of god that you're hearing so that you yourself are thoroughly equipped for every good work you are now properly equipped you are now more than ready to do things that you may have been struggling to do in your personal life. If you allow yourself to be corrected, to be inspired, to be uh, rebuked and be trained, you know, uh, in righteousness, that will help you improve. And then and then, there's a transformation. Then and then, there's a, an improvement. So understand uh, how important it is for you to can allow yourself to be trained you know in a manner that will help you to improve or to change your uh, personal life and uh, continue growing spiritually and and uh, otherwise you need to desire such. You need to 
you need to purpose it in your heart. If you look at Second Peter chapter number one, verses nineteen to twenty-one, it says, "We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you." will do well to pay attention to it. You will do well, it is in your interest, to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Oh, that is why you need to endeavor not to quench the spirit, not to suppress the Holy Spirit when he wants to speak to you in a particular area. You know, when things go wrong in our personal lives, it is not that God is not, uh, did not say anything. Many times what he said, we choose to ignore. We suppress his voice. Don't do anything about the very things that he has said. You need to hold on to the prophecy that you have had, that you have received until the day dawns in your life. So that you can be able to use it yourself as a flicker of light in the darkness. The more dark it is, the brighter will be that light. No matter how small the spark is, the darker the night, the brighter will be the light itself. So the more things seem to be difficult the more the word of God in you is prevailing, the more he's, he's imparting more grace upon your life that will help you to rise above that particular challenge. There is no one temptation that is befalling a man that he has no ability to deal with it. There is not a time where... You see, the, the, the truth of the matter is, in your entire life, you will not experience a new problem. There's no, there's no new, there's no new problem that will come across, even if you were to live a thousand years. So understand that a solution already is is available, even for the problems that you are yet to experience, what you may not have as yet gone through. That's why he has prepared you, he's, uh, he has empowered you, and, and uh, he has given, you know, uh, um, he has given you uh, a, a new heart. He has put within you a heart of flesh and take out a stony heart. And he has breathed his spirit within you that will help you to be able to deal with any uh, situation or, or difficulty. 
So you may be hearing the word of God now for something that you will experience seven years from now or ten years from now. Now, question is, will you be able to remind yourself of the very prophecy that you are, you are hearing or the very things that you are hearing when the, when the time comes? And you need to be very quick to do so, so that you hold on. The Bible says here that you hold on, you need to hold on to that prophecy until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. In verse 20, it says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. He's just confirming what we just read now in 2 Timothy 3.16. He says here, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. The Bible says every scripture is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit is a chief author of the Bible that you are reading. You need to read it with that understanding. You need to open up your heart to be able to hear what is intended. Those prophetic words are filled with power and the transformative ability, the, the very words that you're hearing. That is where real transformation is. And understand that there is no one prophecy that you will hear that is bigger than the scripture itself. Every prophecy that you hear that is not in line with the word of God or with the scriptures, that's no prophecy. So you need to be very quick to discern, to receive such spirit of discernment, to be able to discern the spirit of truth from the spirit of life and know which is the real prophecy and what you ought to do with that prophecy. If it's not anything that is edifying, that is comforting, that is for exhortation, it's not a prophecy. That is what the Bible says a prophecy is. It's supposed to be for edification, for, um, uh, 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 for comfort, and for exhortation. Anything else is no prophecy. So understand what um, the Word of God, um, what God is saying to you in your personal situation today. I know that we all having to, you know, you know, the sad thing is it when there is something that is happening around us that seems to be, um, uh, you know, negative. Suddenly, everybody else take their attention away from the real truth and start focusing on this, uh, uh, whatever is happening outside. That is not what is intended. You know, suddenly you have everybody who's an expert in medicine. Uh, everybody uh, now understands what um, 
um, what COVID-19 is and uh, you get prescriptions from all over the place by people who claim to know. Suddenly everybody is a medical expert. Now leave, leave, leave the work of doctors to the doctors or scientists and those who are trained to do their work and give you the advice that in after all the Holy Spirit is the one who's giving them such um, ability uh, to be able to come up with solutions that ordinarily um, you know it, it may not have been possible to um, defeat this one enemy so but it is not to say that you must now suddenly ignore what you're hearing and focus on uh, what the adversary what the enemy is doing focus on the word of god keep your gaze on him Remain deeply rooted in Christ. Stand your ground. Maintain your confession. And continue saying uh, the right things to your son. And before you know, there will be a change. He says in verse 21, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets though human spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit that is what you need to understand the bible says in john 6 63 it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that I speak to you are spirits and they are life. The very essence of life. This, the spirit, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That is why you can find yourself being sick as a child of God. It only says that you are a human. A human being gets sick. They need to get uh, uh, medical attention, medical help. You don't refuse, you don't refuse uh, to get uh, uh, medical help and now be saying that I am healed when you are sick. When you are sick, you are sick. Acknowledge that you are sick and be able to say the things that will help you to receive the healing in as much as you are confessing the scriptures and the word of God to yourself. Now sometimes it just takes the prayers that we pray that will bring about the difference. You know, such that even when you go to those who are supposed to give you the, the 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 medication that you need it will not do the opposite of what it's doing because there are times when you know people go and lie on a bed for the very thing that you're suffering yourself and suddenly uh, the condition becomes worse so your prayer must now be channeled to saying lord you know the holy spirit must be the one who's in charge who's who's helping in that operation who's able to make sure that they're administering the right medication 
and and you come out of that uh, theater alive and uh, you still continue praising and worshiping God. So you don't want to listen to anybody who will now be lying to you that uh, uh, you, you're not supposed to be sick. You are not a machine. Even a machine breaks down. You know, the, 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 that's the reason it, it has to go for repairs and, and um, you know, uh, maintenance and, and, and all those things. So it's very important for us to understand that. It says here, the ways that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And I think that if you get to have that understanding that the words that are coming to you now are spirit and they are life. Even when you may be unwell, suddenly you'll be revived. Suddenly you're energized. They, 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 they give you life. They, you know, the Holy Spirit will, you know, will breathe upon your life and before you know, you suddenly recovered. You don't need to understand how it happened. You need just to allow the word to transform your situation from the inside out and be able to see how important it is for you to, to continue uh, trusting and believing God for anything and everything that is to do with your life. I'd like you to, I'd like to take you um, to Proverbs chapter number 4. just to make that um, illustration and help you to understand how important is the word of God that you are hearing, that you have received. So you can start taking advantage of it. Proverbs 4, chapter number 4, verses 20 to 24. It says, My son, my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight do not let them out of your sight that is your responsibility many times when trouble comes it's because you have exposed yourself to something that you may have been able to prevent or to stand against had you not let them the words out of your sight, because then you would have been quick to remind yourself of what he says in that very situation that you're in. Do not let them out of your sight and keep them within your hearts. For they are life. To those who find them, they are life. And have to one's whole body that should um that should deal with any 
element of doubt or unbelief or a thinking that says what you have is not good enough. He says that they are life to those who find them. Question is, have you found them? If you have, have they now become part of you that you understand that the life you have is precisely what the Word of God says. This is who you are. And then he says, they are health to one's whole body, not parts of it. Every inch of your body, from the crown of your hair to the very soles of your feet, is those the ways are health to one's whole body. Then he says, above all else, guard your heart with diligence, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart with diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Then in verse 24, he says, keep your mouth free of perversity and keep corrupt talk far from your lips. That is your responsibility. Understand that he has chosen you and set you apart from the world for his own glory. I read you from the book of John. Chapter number 17. This is a prayer that Jesus Christ prayed. If you read from 15, verses 15 to 19. It says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world. They, they. Talking about you and I. This is talking about us. He says, you are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Then he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify is to set apart, declared holy or consecrated. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. God's way is light. It has lighted up every man that has come into this world. It ought to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. 
That is why he says the entrance of his way gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. How much light there is in you. Because sometimes the light that is in you may as well be darkness. If that is the case, how great is that darkness? Are you convinced that the word of God that you have received has brought about light into your life such that you are now you now ought to be continually walking in the newness of life. Be able to say that I am now a child of light and I am walking as such. How true this is for you. Is a sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For, for them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Those were the words of the Master in Zion. We need to always understand that once you live here on this earth, you bear the image of the heavenly man. You bear his image. First Corinthians 15. Perhaps let me read you from verses number 35. Just to give context to what I need you to see. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? How are the dead raised? With what kind of body would they come? And how foolish, he says, what you sow does not come to life unless it does. What you sow, it does not come to life unless it does. That's what the Bible says in John 12, 24, that unless, unless, unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a seed. But if it does, it brings forth much fruit. It multiplies itself. It brings, it brings forth such an extraordinary harvest. And there comes a time when you die to some and, and just let your life, let, let God be the one who's, you know, um, in, in, in charge, who's in control. You need to, you need to cease to, to reason, to, to, to always be doing things with your own ability and with your own understanding. And let, let God be, you know, the one who is indeed, you know, um, in charge or directing your thoughts and giving you such inspiration, ideas by his spirit. Then he says, when you sow, you do not plant the body that will be. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. 
when you're hearing this, you need to ask yourself, what seeds are you sowing towards the life that you desire to see? It may not be what it is now, as he's saying to us, that when you sow, when you plant, you don't plant the body that will be, but just a seed. But the seeds that you're sowing, that is what will bring about the body, the land that you desire it to be yourself. But at the very least, there are seeds that you're sowing. So it is all in a seed. Transformation included. It is all in a seed. How, how, how much do you desire such transformation in your personal life? If, if you do, what seeds are you sowing towards that transformation? You know, come to think about what Mary did for Jesus Christ when uh, she anointed him with such an expensive oil. Another time, perhaps you may not have thought that her brother Lazarus one day would die. And this, this will bring about such a transformation. Literally, this is what took place. Because when the, uh, uh, when, when the brother died, they sent forth for him to say, the one who loved has died. And he came. And he came. They were complaining, saying to him that he's been dead for four days. Now he's... he's uh, there's probably a stench, but that was not uh, uh, good enough to change what, what he was about to do, even in that situation. And ultimately, I so much believe that the seeds that she had sown had brought about that transformation. Jesus came to the grave, Lazarus, where he was buried. He instructed them to remove the rock and to open the grave and he gave thanks to God and he said he thanked God that he had he had he had him and that he always hears him and he said he was saying that so that those that are standing there with him may believe the question is do you believe and he went and stand by this man's grave and all he said was, Lazarus, come out. And the one who was there came out. He was still wrapped with the grave clothes. He was limping. But there was a transformation that took place from death to life. And I believe that the seeds that, that the sister sowed also had such a, an impact in what what um, you know um, um, really um, uh, transpired for for um, um, what what the master had had to do he had had to um, uh, use that opportunity to say that you're not laboring in vain even in your personal life so that's why I was saying sometimes the prayers you pray today or the, the, the ways that you're listening to, that you're hearing today, you will need them uh, somewhere down the line. There's never a time that you're laboring in vain. 
So you need just to, you know, remind yourself of such and be patient enough that when that time comes, because there was no time for quick prayers and, uh, you know, uh, confusion and frustration. And I mean, the Bible um, recalls it, you know, uh, Martha ran to meet the master and Mary was led sitting there. She was complaining to the master that, you know, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died and all those things. And that is when you need to really understand that um, the word of God that you're hearing is, 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 is good enough. It is, it, is, it, is, it is that powerful that it can transform a, a life. So, it says here, when you sow, you do not plant the body that will be but just a seed. Perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. And in verse 39 he says, Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds have another. Fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the heavenly bodies is another. Then in verse 41 it says, The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And star differs from star in splendor. Says the sun has one kind of splendor and the moon another and the stars also, but one star differs from another. And, and literally so, even when you look at the stars, they're not all shining the same. They don't all look the same. There are those that are radiating, that are, that are glittering, that are giving the most light, that are beautiful even to abode, to just, to just look at and... Uh, you know, you want to just see something different, something in it, uh, and, and, and you, you just gaze or focus on it, and it is giving such a, a beautiful radiance and, 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 and light. Now, those that are slightly deep, maybe they are depending on the others around there to look more like a star, and, and they are not really as, 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 you know, they're not really shining the way that they ought to be shining. The Bible says the path of justice is a shining star. It shall keep shining brighter and brighter and much brighter unto a perfect day. Your light ought to be you know, improving and increasing and perfecting beyond perfection and at any given time until you are perfected yourself beyond perfection. He says in verse 42, so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. And it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, look at the last part of verse 44. He says, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. If there is a natural body. There is also a spiritual body. So, 
it is written the first man adam became a living being the last man talking about jesus christ himself a life-giving spirit says here the first man adam became a living being the last man the last adam a life-giving spirit he gave you he gave he gave you his his own life his very his very life that is why said i am the way the truth and the life you have his very life the very nature and character of god in you so how would you not be able to use such to can transform your life, the life you're living outwardly, yourself. So it is very important to remind yourself of such, understanding that you were born with that ability to can be able to transform your life from the inside out says he that in verse 46 the spiritual did not come first but the natural and after that the spiritual the first man was of the dust of the earth the second man that you are born after he says is of heaven as was the earthly man so are those who are of the earth and as is the heavenly man so also are those who are of heaven in verse 49 he says and just as we have borne the image of the earthly man so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man this is important to understand it says just as we have borne the image of the earthly man so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man so understand that you may be living here on this earth but you bear the image of the heavenly man you must know it in your heart that the blood of jesus christ has cleansed you or your conscience from acts that leads to death so that you may continue serving the living god with your life hebrews 9 i'll read you verses 11 to 12 but when christ came as high priest of the good things high priest of the good things that are now already here not things that we are waiting to happen things that are now already here let them be seen manifesting through you 
Let them be experienced through your land. Let others see these good things manifesting in your personal land. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once, once for all, by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Let's look at verses 15 to 17. He says, For this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. Christ is the mediator of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died, a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. He says in verse 16, in the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who, who made it. Because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. So, be careful who you show your will to. Because the Bible says it only takes effect when you are dead. It will never take effect for as long as you are alive. So, in verse 24, for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. Isn't that beautiful to know that he entered heaven itself to appear for us in God's presence. Understanding that everything that he has ever done, he had us in mind. It is for us to benefit. It was never a time when he had had to do anything that was intended for himself. It has always been about us. We are the reason he came. We are the reason he went to the cross, died for our sins, gave his himself for us. He gave his, his life, his own life, that, so that we, we ourselves can have his very, his very life. Everything that he has ever done, always for us. So, as the true beneficiaries join heirs with Christ in his kingdom and partakers of the divine nature of Christ, we ought to live as such. 
We ought to walk as such, begin to think as such. And this is something which I believe, if we are mindful of, our lives will be very different to what it is. So, don't make his death in vain. He didn't, he didn't just die so you continue to suffer. He didn't just die so you continue to struggle. Yes, it is true that he was rich, as the Bible says, though he was rich for your sake, he became poor so that you, through his poverty, may become rich. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what it means for you. Verse 25 says, No, did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again? So stop crucifying him again and again. The way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. That's not what he's done. That's not what he's doing. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. That is what we need to always remind ourselves of. And be able to live as such. Bible says in 1 John 5 that faith, that faith is a victory that overcomes the world. If you read in verse 4, the Bible says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone. I'm reading you what the Bible says. Now, if you find in yourself being overwhelmed by the challenges and the circumstances of the world, this is what you need to remind yourself of. Because the Bible says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world even our faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. If you read verse 11 of the same book, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. 
and this land is in his son. This is one greatest testimony that you ever you ever experience as a child of God. One greatest miracle that is ever taken place is for you to have the life of Christ on the inside of you. He says, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Then he says in verse number 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. That's why when we started, I, I was saying to you that it is important to know what you have, what you have received, what you have on the inside of you. It is important to know what you can do with the word of God that you have received. It is important to begin to tap into that power that is residing on the inside of you. Begin to tap into that potential Unleash that potential that you have. Says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. It is important for you to know that you have eternal life. Then in verses 14, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Oh, how many times have you asked God for anything? And you, you, you're thinking that God did not hear you. I mean, there, therein lies the formula. Maybe you're asking, but you're not really asking according to His will. That is why before you ask anything from God, it is important for you to start by asking yourself, what is his will concerning this particular situation, concerning your life? What is his will for you? What is it that God would have wanted out of that situation? What is his will? And by so doing, you are now going to be able to pray, having aligned yourself with his will. Then the Bible says, he hears you. But if you're always going to be praying for things that are not in line with his will, you may end up just wasting your time. Verse 15 says, If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him question is do you know 
that he hears you? Do you know? How convinced are you? Do you have that conviction in your spirit that he hears you? Are you fully persuaded in your spirit? Or you're one of those people who pray, and after we pray, you're now asking yourself if God even heard your prayers, like this prayer didn't go anywhere. Maybe it just bounced off the roof, and uh, God did not hear the prayer that you have prayed. You're now, you're now trying to convince yourself that God didn't hear the prayer that you just prayed. And that is where sometimes we make mistakes. The Bible says, who, he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, diligent enough in seeking God, not when it's convenient, not out of desperation. Believe that he is. That is why, you know, in verse 13, he says, These things, he says, I am writing these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So they are not for everybody. And it is a simple truth. If somebody is claiming that this didn't work for them, might be, maybe they, they don't really believe in the name of the Son of God. That's why it's not working for them. Maybe they're not they're, they're not the the real beneficiaries. Because the will is not written for everybody. There are those that are the true beneficiaries of the will. But now for us it has taken effect. We ought to be now enjoying the legacy of the will of the the benefits what he has accomplished for us at the cross. He's no more here with us. He died for us. He gave his life for us. That we have the very things that he has promised us. So this, this now is something that, that we are living in, as in, in, in now, in the now, in, in real terms. Not only looking forward to um, such uh, in, in, in our lives. So, if we know that he has us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So, you need to know that you have what you have asked of him. Your Dedication to service is key to your transformation. Your commitment and your passion will determine how much your life will be transformed. And being zealous for good works will also speed up your own transformation, your own personal life. 
it is something that you need to always keep in the back of your mind that you ought to purpose it you ought to plan it and get to execute that transformation so that you do not labor in vain lastly let me read you first john chapter number four i'll read you verses number four to six he says you dear children talking to you and i he says you are from god and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world you know sometimes we like just reciting these scriptures without really having a right understanding it is my prayer that you will receive the right revelation the right understanding and get to align yourself with this truth he says you dear children are from god and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world that should say to you, you are born with the ability to can transform your life from the inside out says you are from god and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world then verse 5 says they they are from the world and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world as a child of god as a christian never want to find yourself having to express yourself from the viewpoint of the world the world thinks is programmed in a particular way and that is not who you are that is why he sanctified you he set you apart he's consecrated you he chose you out of this world for his own glory so it is not always advisable that in saying or, or, or thinking or doing the things that you're doing that it be informed by the circumstances and the viewpoint of of the world say so see they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them then it says in verse number six but we 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 are from god isn't that something that should help you to be better equipped to take advantage of what you have knowing who you are where you're from it will help you to use the word of god to can transform your life from the inside this is we we are from god we are from god 
Whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. So you don't need to frustrate yourself if anyone thinks that you just, you know, you're talking nonsense or maybe what you're saying is not something that um, they, they, they are willing or prepared to listen to. Um, it's, it's for their own, it's to their own loss. Uh, it's not to say you've not done what you're supposed to do. See, Benny says, this is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So that will help you to recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So that we need not be deceived. We need not be you need not be taken advantage of. In First Peter chapter number 1, verses 22 and 23, he says, Now that you have purified yourselves, it presupposes that you have pre purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for one another. Love is one very important ingredient for transformation. You need to write that down. That love is one very important ingredient for the transformation to can, to can take place in your life. It is very true that when you do anything and everything that you're doing out of love, because of the love that you have for, for God, it will bring about a real transformation, not only for your life, for your son, but also for those around you as well. He says here, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have, you have sincere love for one another. He says, love one another deeply from their heart. From their heart. It mustn't just be superficial. He says, love one another deeply from their heart. You want to experience real transformation. Learn to love. Truly so. He says, For you have been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible, through the word of God, that lives and abides forever. Being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible by the word of God that lives and abides forever. So, it is important that 
you learn to walk in love or express such so that you can begin to experience the real a real transformation perhaps just to illustrate on that the last part of the scripture i just read you in first john 4 starting from verses number 7 he says dear friends let us love one another for love comes from god love comes from god it is who god is it is his nature god is love you don't know or have a better expression to say who god is you can with you know uh, uh, with that understanding be able to um uh, say that god is love and therefore i ought to walk as such because i am um, born with that with that image with that with that um, um ability so we can be able to you can be able to express such it will it, it's a catalyst for your transformation is a it will speed up that 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 uh, transformation in your personal life this is everyone who loves has been born of god and knows god if you love you're born of god and you know who god is no question about it whoever does not love does not know god because god is love if you don't love and you're claiming that you are a christian but you're full of this anger and hatred and malice and you're struggling to express such bible says here you don't know god until such time that you learn to love you may never experience a real transformation or change this year whoever does not love does not know god because god is love this is how god showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him not only that he um, loved us but he so loved us that he sent his only his only begotten son into the world that we might live we might live through him and this is love not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins he didn't have to do anything to qualify for it he loved us he didn't have to to qualify for it he loved us when we we're still sinners so why would it be difficult for you to love somebody or be able to share the word of God with somebody who is um, in need, who is uh, struggling. It shouldn't be difficult. Learn to, if you don't have reason enough to do something good for anyone, do it for Christ. Do it because of his love. The love that you have 
for God and his people. He said, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We, we also ought to love one another. If there's one thing that will help us make progress as a nation, perhaps as mankind, it is love. People are not suffering because there is no enough resources. They are not suffering because they are not qualified enough. If there is one thing that is missing, that will help us to be able to can make such progress is love. We need to learn to express such. Be able to feel others' pain and their sufferings. When you meet a man in the street who may not have had food or perhaps is asking for your help, you must be compelled to do something for that man. Feel, feel compelled. It must be something that, that you feel that it is your responsibility. Necessity is laid upon you. That there is no transformation that will happen unless and until such time that you love, you express such to that person. So it is really a prayer that we need to pray. And when there is so much love among ourselves, you can be amazed. You'll be amazed how far we can go, how much will change, how, how, how much things will eventually just begin to fall in place and, and we get to achieve the very things that we, we're striving for without having, to, without having to struggle. The one area that needs an improvement is taken care of and after such, everything else will just begin to align and begin to fall into place and before you know, we are creating such an enabling environment around ourselves for the Spirit of God to can move and hinder the Holy Spirit who want to just lavish us with gifts because He knows that what He bestowed on you, you're not going to be selfish and keep it upon yourself and not want to have the next person not do anything about it. He wants to continue blessing you and, and, and increasing and multiplying what you have because He knows that you have His best interest at heart looking after his people and helping others and every individual that is a real transformation the lives lives will life lives will change people will get to begin to see god and 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 worship you know uh, god you know and 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 acknowledge and 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 and, and you know um, use the opportunity to continue touching as many lives and in the process Lives are being transformed. Lives are being transformed. You, you now making the necessary progress. There's an improvement. There's a change in your personal life. And um, the word of God that you have received is now bringing about results that are visible enough. Love conquers all. It is the one greatest agent for change. 
is the one thing that will help us to deal with poverty, inequalities, unemployment, and everything else. Because when you love, you share. When you love, you give. When you love, you'll be able to uh, look after each other and have one another and get to that that is the one thing that if we get right everything else you know will become secondary there will always be such uh, uh, an opportunity to can bring about you know such an improvement not only in our lives but also for the lives in the lives of those around us it is my prayer that god will continue revealing himself to you in a much greater measure all the time you will increase in knowledge in understanding and in wisdom You've been parted with such special grace and a special anointing to can be able to continually walk in love and continually walk in the newness of life. May God continue blessing you in all your endeavors in every area in your life. Let there be such an improvement in partition by the anointing of the Spirit of God. The changes that are taking place today in your life are permanent and irreversible. You have received, received such an ability and a special grace to be able to can transform your life from the inside out through the word of God that you have already received. Through the word of God that you have already received. Continue speaking the oracles of God so that you may, you may be able to rise like an edifice. You'll be too big, you can be ignored. Be that, that city that is located at the top of the hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they are able to see your good works and continue glorifying the Father which is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Do not forget to give your offerings wherever you are. Do not forget to partake of the communion wherever you are. It is very, very important. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. We love you dearly. Thank you.